Hello, everyone. Take care. It is good to be back in the studio. We have an awesome episode of the Whiskey Raiders podcast here today. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm joined by my co-host, John Henderson, as always, the main man himself. And we have, uh, for lack of a better phrase, we have a crazy episode for you tonight. We're unveiling a brand new whiskey, a whiskey I guarantee you have not heard of unless you're in a very exclusive small circle of bourbon drinkers and we hope that you are listening how are you doing john i'm doing good i think you nailed it with that safe to say if you're listening to this right now you have not heard of this whiskey or at least not in the level of detail that we're going to be able to share with you which is really fun for us right i'm not a betting man except for today i think that uh, you know, this is something the whiskey community is going to go berserk over because we've seen them go insane over similar, less cool things before. Um, and and we've got both of them poured here. I've got a bourbon, I've got a rye, so it's not even just a bourbon. Like this is brand new whiskey uh, to new heights. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's go ahead. You know, there's been a little bit of news. Last week we had kind of a spectacular episode. We were talking about Justin's House of Bourbon, and they were having um, what appeared to be a little snafu with the law, a little run-in uh, with the popo. And we, we've got a little development there. Should we take it away with with the news, and then we'll get to the the big the big drink, my friend? We should. Uh, did you say popo? I, is that in, is that like cool anymore? I said I don't know. I don't know what the kids are saying these days. Oh, I said cool beans the other day in a business meeting, and like Yikes. a couple people looked at me weird, and then like two people. Um, we're like, okay, we're bringing cool beans back. And I thought to myself, like, I don't know that this went away. Like, was, was this yeah. not cool? So is, is Popo out? I, I just don't know. Having been on two sides of that coin, I feel like maybe I interact with it a little differently. But the other side of this is also the, the last person I heard use cool beans was well in excess of 65. That kind of describes me internally. You know, I, you're an old I, soul. It's funny, yeah. I just crossed the 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 thirty year uh, milestone, but in in a lot of ways, I think that I'm more more sixty five than thirty. That ties into our news a good amount. You did just celebrate a birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you! Oh, I, thank I hope you. all of our listeners are able to reach out to you and uh, you know throw you a, a nice hilarious gif like I did. You know, some people pronounce that jiff. That's, I think Popo and Jif, like that's its own land war. But yeah, let's let's go ahead dive in. Um, so Michter's has announced that for the first time since 2019, Michter's Celebration is coming back. Now Michter's Celebration is one of the more interesting whiskeys I've seen, mostly because on paper it doesn't seem that crazy until you get to the price tag. And this year it's almost six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the part that is the crazy. Um, but that's like how it always is. I mean, Michter's Selly wouldn't be anything if it weren't extravagant, right? I mean, this is like featured in the show Billions. This is one of those things that has to be the big dog, right? That's a good point. And and I like that you said Michter's Selly, because I'm thinking his letter can here. Like, will we yeah, get sorry. a $7,000 wheel snipe Selly version? Because I would pay that. I don't know if I'd pay six k for the Michter's Selly, but I would pay seven k for wheel snipe Selly. Yeah, you get into the wheel snipe Selly range and everything changes. I mean, including the uh, the packaging too. Things have to get really intense at that level. Yeah, I mean, this thing is custom made. It's crazy. Unfortunately, I have not tried the original Celebration because I, I want to say the 2019 was, was that the first one? I can't recall. That's the only was one there? I know of. If there was one prior to that, I it is entirely news to me. 
Okay. And it it is interesting because Michter's makes, at least in my opinion, they seem to make kind of their bread and butter out of releasing things and then not releasing them for a while and then re-releasing them. Because you yeah. know, every year it's like, oh, the return of this that we haven't released since this year and yes. it's back. And they get I think a good handle on FOMO. They know how to yeah. play that card. and But they do it right, though. It's not like the... Uh, we don't need to name any other names, but it's not like a brand that would be throwing something out there and then like seemingly forgetting about it or being like, ah, geez, you know, we couldn't do it this year, maybe next year. And then they do it. Again. Like, I think they do a pretty good job with these. Uh, I don't understand really where a lot of the SRPs come from on what they're doing. I mean, aside from a marketing perspective, which is fine. Like that's the whiskey world that we're in now. If you're not okay with a hundred bucks, not going that far, it, this is not the podcast. Like you go over and find like a, I don't know, like a real estate podcast, like something boring where people talk about good values. Cause you're no longer going to find them anywhere, <laughs> anywhere in the whiskey world. Sorry, that ship has sailed. Yeah. It, it always reminds me and we'll move on to the next piece here in a second. It reminds me when people say, Oh, you know, 75 is the new 50 and a hundred dollars is the new 75. And I just wonder who out there is telling themselves like $6,000 is the new $500. Like, yeah, <laughs> It is. I, I read that on the internet earlier today, so I feel like it's probably true. Yeah, well, it sounds like we're buying real estate in LA because that's what those prices are like. But we'll reach out. We, uh, we'll we see if we can't get some coverage. It's always fun. Earlier this year, Aston Martin in Bowmore, which is a Scottish distillery, partnered for a $55,000, I want to say it was like 70 years old, decanter. And I asked for a sample and the only reply I got was LOL from the press agent. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, we we both know that that was pie in the sky, but I sent an email to Mictors. We'll see if they humor us or not. Maybe we'll do a little wheel snipe selly of our own here on the podcast. But moving forward, we do have news in the Justin's House of Bourbon, kind of that J-Hob, um, you know, I don't even know what to call it. Scenario, Schnafu, Mexican standoff. It, it was kind of a big unknown, but they are back open as of this weekend. Like they're they're back to operating. Yeah, back in business. Things, although in a quiet-ish way, there's been no actual formal statement that I know of. There's been nothing in terms of real news on it other than, hey, like we're coming back. We appreciate you guys supporting us. I mean, the outward messaging has been seemingly positive. Like things are good. Like, we and our employees are good. Doors are open. Like, might have some modified hours, it sounded like originally, but it sounds like maybe this won't turn into as big a deal as we thought. So, I mean, that in and of itself sort of opens more doors or questions. It makes you wonder, like, what the fuck? But we can, we can uh, knock on some of those doors if you'd like. Yeah, we don't have to go too deep into this because like you said, you know, they did issue a formal statement. It came to me by a, a PR agency that they, you know, appear to have uh, contracted for this. It came to me at like 6, I want to say 6 p.m. last Friday night. So, you know, we were just getting to the restaurant for dinner and they said, please see, you know, urgent, uh, you know, press release. And everyone else got it because I saw it on Instagram two seconds later. And, and yeah. they basically said, you know, we we cooperated uh, we're, you know, we're happy to welcome everyone back. And that was that. So my guess is that this is going to be a fight for the lawyers. If there's a fight at all, this is going to be a quiet settlement with the government over something. But, you know, most importantly, uh, they, you know, they haven't spoken if they got their rare bourbon back, but it's not like the feds came back. You know, we got clarification that the TTB was interested and that it was Kentucky's ABC. So this was very much a state thing and they didn't come back and clean them out, which I think bodes well for the situation. I think that, 
you know, the sky's ahead for Justin South Suburban. At least they get to remain open and keep some revenue coming in, which is probably a good sign for small business. Yeah, absolutely. I was just like, so kind of like, I had a lot of ideas in my mind about how this could go for them. And it felt to me originally anyway, like the longer they keep the doors closed, the worse this is, because that means that the investigation is going this much deeper or they are being otherwise upheld in ways that they cannot get around. And that is a little bit scary thinking of the precedent, not necessarily for just that one business, because obviously we don't want anything bad to come to anybody in the bourbon world and especially a retailer that we like and we like to visit when we're in town. But somebody who is working in a, I don't want to say loophole area, but they're working within the letter of the law or the spirit of the law, one way or the other. I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. But what I'm saying here is that like what gets interpreted and laid down as precedent in this case could end up having a ripple effect. So it makes everybody kind of pay attention and like everybody's ears kind of perk up a little bit on something like this. So what does come of this eventually is something that I still think is going to be interesting to follow. I agree with you. And I think that that's a good way to cut it like this you know, this is the first time that something like this has happened kind of in the modern recent era. And and we'll find out, you know, uh, the experts will excise the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And I, I don't expect that we've seen the end of this case in general. And I'm, I'm curious about the resolution, but it, it's good they're back open because we, you know, we kind of teased in the beginning and we're glad you stuck with us because we have a mammoth bourbon and ride to taste tonight. And I think that there's a non-zero chance that if Justin stays open, some of these bottles will make it to shelves because, you know, frankly, uh, we've got, we've got bombshell whiskey. So should we just dive on into it? Let's I know it. Yeah. Let's we're go terrible right, right about, like, into it. Like, clickbait and building stuff up. I just want to drink the whiskey. So tonight I was already drinking the whiskey. Sorry. Yeah. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> That's your precedent. If we're being honest. Yeah. To be serious about this, come on, I'm going to drink the whiskey. Right. So tonight we have, without further ado, uh, Pride of Anderson County. And the reason uh, that might sound interesting, the reason you think, oh gosh, I haven't heard of that before, is because you haven't. It's brand new. Uh, It will be hitting the TTB. The cola has been approved. We've heard it from the man himself behind it. We'll get to that in a second. But this whiskey is happening. This is Campari. This is not only Campari, but it is wild turkey. It is single barrel, barrel proof whiskey being independently bottled by the wild turkey man rare bird himself david jennings and we have it here tonight so this is kind of an exclusive we don't know anyone else with these samples we know that because he said he didn't send them to anyone else and so we have them here to taste uh let's should we we dive into the specifics a little bit john yeah i think we should uh geez there's like so many pieces of this i want to talk about all at once one of the most exciting for me is that like this is something that i know you and i have privately talked with david uh, that's David Jennings, Rare Bird 101. A lot of times, and a lot of my urgings have been like, you are underselling yourself in the wild turkey and bourbon space in general. Like you could probably extend yourself a little more, work either directly with Campari or like, I mean, something that's kind of blown my mind, I'll take a half step back here, is up until... I think this past calendar year, 2022, they had done sweet fuck all, to put it nicely, to work with this guy who has dedicated his blog, his writing, his books, his like 
I mean, damn near his existence to their brand of wild turkey. And it seems to me like, why wouldn't they leverage his audience by putting anything new and or limited coming out right in front of this guy and let him write about it? Because he is going to market it way better. I mean, no offense, Matthew McConaughey, but DJ is going to market this thing way harder, way better, and directly to the enthusiasts who are like craving these things. So why not put stuff in front of him? Fast forward a little bit to finally here we are in 2023 where he is in a position to do exactly that. And it's super exciting. Yeah, this is incredible news. I mean, this is essentially kind of a stamp of approval from Wild Turkey themselves who are noticeably absent at any sort of like skill, their strategic rollout. Um, like you and I have gotten the press release for products weeks after the product has existed. Like they yes, sent us well press after. releases for Wild Turkey 101's redesign a year after the redesign hit shelves. So I think that this is really good news for the brain who's finally understanding that David Jennings is the turkey man. And and we mean that in a good way. Like this guy, if he's going to nail a release, this is it. And they have given him the whiskey to do it. We know, uh, maybe we'll leave a little bit for the posting, but we know that the, you know, the bourbons are 12 and a half years. These things are crazy. The rise are eight and a half years. Everything's barrel proof. They are going to be pricey. Maybe we'll tackle that in a little bit, but as far as we know, and I am pr feel pretty comfortable saying it, there has never been a single barrel barrel proof rye from Wild Turkey ever. Like this That's is the first of its kind. So to get to see him roll it out and and pay you know homage back to you know kind of where it all began with Pride of Anderson County, this is his IB. Like this is his single cask nation. This is his hopefully magnum opus. Like this is as good as it gets as a Wild Turkey fan. And thankfully, you know, I've got bourbon. You and I, I think, both have different bourbons and different ryes because Correct. there's so little to actually go around. Um, so I've got a, you know, I've got a Camp Nelson E4 that was distilled in April of 2010, and it's a hundred. It's one proof point shy of 120 proof. Like if that's not a turkey fan's dream, I just don't know what is. Yeah. So to briefly touch back on the rye topic, just because you know I'm a little bit of a rye guy. No, I'm a lot of a rye guy. <laughs> uh, this will, and if this is wrong, I'll either edit it or not edit it and just lie about it. But I think this is not only the first cask strength bottling of a single barrel rye from Wild Turkey. I believe it is also the oldest. So this would be making history in a couple of ways. Ooh. For, I mean, for anybody who cares about that. But yeah, <laughs> like you said, uh, I have also, so these are, I, I mean, effectively sister barrels that we've got. Right. The lots that these are selected from are all extremely tight. So it's not like one of them is going to be a wild profile from this rickhouse and one from one totally different and off the wall. Like these are all fairly tight, but mine is also an E4. It is a 120.8 proof degree. So this is going to be. Ooh, baby. It, it's, I mean, if you said that, what else could you ask for? As a wild turkey fan, I guess it could just be the uh, the slight bump improved to one twenty point eight. Man, good day, <laughs> good day. I mean, in my rye here is really interesting. This is a Tyrone Q four at one hundred and sixteen point three proof, distilled in twenty fourteen. Like these are true turkey fans are going to go nuts for these. And as far as I know, you know, there's just a couple of barrels. There's a couple bourbon, a couple rye. They're going to be coming out later this year. I've got them poured here. The bourbon is just majestic. It reminds me a lot. You know, I I released a just shy 
of 12 year single barrel earlier. Well, I guess it was early last year. Now that we're in 2023, so back in 2022. But this guy's not only older, uh, but it's true barrel proof. Like that is so cool to me. And Man, previously, you so had to cool. fight the masses at single cast nation, even hope for a bottle. So right. this is remarkable in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it absolutely is. This is, I mean, so some of the things that reviewing different uh, Russell's Reserve expressions or other wild turkey expressions over the years that have sort of stuck out to me, like with the, oh, uh, like, let's say Master's Keep Bottle and Bond, which is, I still think, probably the best whiskey that wild turkey has ever rolled out. It is probably the number one for me. The coolest, best, oldest, most kick-ass thing they've done. That said, right at 100 proof, which I don't believe at that 17-year mark was proofed very far. Right. But, man, what about barrel proof? It's like the only thing that ever comes up in my mind, right? Like, does this go from being like an 8 or a 9 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 with that? And luckily, we've got very few questions to have to ask on this. Like, <laughs> this is going to be everything it is. Everything is everything, so to speak. Like, we do not need to ask for higher age or higher proof. I mean, of course, we could do that but it, in this world i mean we're talking about damn near 13 year barrel proof russell's reserve unfilled like this is gonna be everything we want so this like i feel like should be i i just want to say like everything the turkey nerd wants right. i know that like when i say that i'm gonna be wrong because there'll be something that it isn't like namely it's not going to be under 100 bucks Right, But that said, it represents a lot more than just that. So anyway, you uh, think about a reply. Give me like roughly 19, 20, 40 minutes to just nose this and taste it. <laughs> On paper, this is, I, I kind of want to say like step aside, master's keep, right? We we do have some insight into pricing. We don't have a specific dollar amount, but, you know, if, if you expect this to cost anything less than master's keep, you're crazy. So just kind of put that in your head. Like this will be expensive right. whiskey. Campari is not moving cheaper. They're moving more expensive. But really, the only thing I hear from people is like, oh man, this Russell's barrel is awesome. I wish that it was barrel proof. And and we get little glimpses of that because Single Cast Nation releases their own bottlings like once a year. And it's usually like two barrels and it's this huge ordeal. But this is, you know, this is kind of that next level. And I've got mine in the glass. Like I love this thing is pure barrel char and like cherry and orange peel and tobacco. This is big, rich whiskey. And I'm comfortable saying like over the recent years, like master's keep has been less about the master and less about like being the best in class whiskey that wild Turkey can release. And it's been more about an experiment. And I think that drinking this, this pride of Anderson County bourbon to start, this is what I've always wanted master's keep to be that high proof, just super solid, the best of the wild turkey rickhouses. And this is drinking really close to expectations. Like sometimes it's kind of hard when you think like, oh man, this is going to be amazing. I hope it lives up. Like this is drinking super nice. This is very nice. Wow. So just earlier, I was having a little sip of uh, like a nine and a half year Russell's Reserve from Tyrone F. And it was exactly what I remembered it being. Good. It checked off a lot of boxes. Very nice. And it was nice to take a little bit of a breather, and then dive into what is effectively the same distillate, just from a different warehouse location, different age and proof point. And this, like the comparison here, is absolutely like 
mind blowing. It's this Bonkers. is yeah. I d- honestly didn't expect this to be this impressive. It's really really fucking nice. This is hitting a lot of lot of great notes. The complexity here is only outshone so far by the finish. Like this thing holds on and it just very well layered a lot going on like you said there's like some hard candy there's layers of citrus it's got a decent viscosity to it i get like these black tea and citrusy vibes that are really fun like almost like the uh, earl gray but like in a right. softer way like there's a lot of cool stuff going on here like in the oak actually is not at the level where i'm like oh jay might think this is okay this is just like what i feel like right down the middle like this is the yellow line between my lane and yours I had, that was my only concern going into this was like, oh no, what if we finally get the wild turkey that's too oaky for me? Because I really, I did enjoy the 17-year bottle and bond and I thought it was really, really good. One of my favorite turkeys in years because it masterfully handed that oak. And this has more oak than that, but I love it. Like it is well integrated. I love the cherry and kind of like big clove and rice spice and there's some ginger and like cola. Um, this is turkey well done. And and it's weird to say, but I think the only problem they're going to have with this is that demand is still going to be off the charts. Like people know that this is coming. People are pumped about it. But even if this is north of $200, I still think that there are going to be more asses than seats for this type of product because like, yeah. tasting it, and I'm trying really hard. I'm holding up my sample here for the video crew. Like I have saved like the last half of this ounce because I want to review it. Um, but it's really hard not for me to just like plow through the sample I have poured in my Glencairn because it, and it's rare for me to do that with wild turkey. Like this is super delicious, and I'm pumped to move on to the rye because back in 2016 I did a huge series called Gobble Till You Wobble. I reviewed like 50 Russell single barrels, and the best part of that for me was doing the privately selected rides that were super exclusive and like kind of crazy. And it like opened my eyes to wild turkey. And so now I just got to go for the ride. Like I'm bourbon's great. I pay for it all day, but like give me yep. to the main event, which is the ride of me. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking the same and we didn't really plan out our tasting order here. It just, I guess it seemed at uh, natural enough for both of us to go from the bourbon to the rye. But I am, uh, very excited to get to the rye. I was most, I almost poured some uh, of the rare breed rye to go just ahead of this because the proof point on mine is pretty close. Mine is 115.4 on the rye that I've got. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm pretty interested to get in there. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to start and like, I don't want to focus everything on the rye because most <laughs> folks don't. And I was like, let's showcase the bourbon. That's what people are largely here for. And like those who are into the rye, I love you. I'm I'm here for you too. I'm your guy. Right. But for now, let's go ahead and I'm gonna get this last sip. Oh, no, I'm gonna save that last sip of the bourbon. Actually, I'm gonna come back to that later. You can do. It. I'm gonna. You can do. It. I'm gonna get into the rye. I'll save just a little bit. <laughs> just just a little bit. I'm not good at saving it. You know, I usually tend to get in to the whiskey a little bit early. Sometimes finish them a little bit early too. But for now, let's go into this. Uh, mine's also a Q4. So again, these are probably sister barrels. Like. Yep, yep. Very much sister barrels for sure. Yeah, um, and, uh, it smells nice. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, mine is one hundred sixteen point three uh, proof. Smells amazing, and I think it's kind of there's going to be an interesting conversation around these because people, you know, you're going to kind of understand on paper who the true Russells fans are and who the stat checkers are. Like people are going to be like oldest turkey ever, hot diggity, go for the bourbon all day. But people. People who really know David 
And people who really know Russell's are going to be like, wait, is that the first barrel-proof rye? And the rye is so slept on. Like, I love the regular Russell's single-barrel rye. It's a great value. It's an amazing whiskey. Um, it's just fun, and I always have one on my shelf. But this, for me, is kind of like, this is where the train stops. Like, I'm I'm going through this sample, and it's just, it's incredible. It's so spicy. It's It's got more oak than I'd expect, but man, this is like the best Russell single barrel dialed up. Yeah, it is. Um, um, actually, I'm, again, I'm really glad I didn't pour the Rare Breed Rye ahead of this, which Rare Breed Rye has been my whiskey of the year before. So I wanted to try to take that out of the equation. I, I didn't want to make a direct comparison here, but there are just mountains of great fruity flavors in this too that remind me a lot of that where the rare breed rye, I remember the very first time I sipped it, I was like, this is almost like a box of Fruit Loops. Like there's like so many cool, bright, <laughs> fruity flavors in here, things that I hadn't been prepared for. And they were like rounded out with a huge kick of like nice, fresh cracked black pepper. And this, I think, scratches a lot of those same itches, but in a totally different way. The finish hangs on a ton. And like you said, there's a good kick of spice right up front. And then just like multiple layers here of delicious fruit and things happening everywhere. And so far, uh, all I really want to do is have another sip. <laughs> I love you calling this Fruit Loops because it's totally right. Like this is a very fruity rye. And, and it's kind of interesting because you don't get it right away. There is a lot of oak here. And there's almost more oak in this pour than there was in the bourbon, which surprised me. But it is super fruity and it's got you know, apples and pears, but there's like the cherry and the currant and the blackberries. But then there's also, you know, some of these other things like orange and a little bit of like lime zest. So it really covers it through. And like, I'm kind of expecting like two cans Sam to just pop right out of this. It's it's fruity, but it's oaky. And the rye spice comes through more like a ginger and a clove for me than like a it spearmint does, yes. or like an herbal. And those notes just work so well together that I kind of hope the two can Sam pops out because like, that's marketing material just made right there. Like, why design a label? It's like Fruit Loop Rye. Yeah, this is definitely Fruit Loopy, but in the right way. That baking spice does. It jumps right out. It's so nice. It holds on tight. Like, I don't get, like, so some of the, like, under maybe, I don't want to put, a like, a pin in 10 year, but, like, that's sort of, I guess, where I kind of go to is like mm. under 10 years, sometimes I'll get like a little bit more of like a Russian black bread or like a fresh baked rye bread loaf kind of deal sure. in there. And then as that like sort of hits the brick wall that is the barrel and it shifts into a little bit more of a darker, oakier profile, but which I love, by the way, that's kind of like a thing that I look for. Yeah, that's all you. It, it is definitely all me. But like before <laughs> that, like... Sometimes the rye kind of stands out in a way that can get in front of those layers of fruit and other sweets that can go on in there, where in this Kentucky-style rye, it's not happening like that. So we get a ton of those fruit. It reminds me uh, a little bit of the Sagamore rye or the even like Pursuit United rye that is just like like a riding a fruit wave right yep. into town and like parking at the smoothie stand. <laughs> and this has a lot of that going on with it in, I think, all of the best ways. The finish on this is just killing me. It's so good. It's it's so long. Like The finish is is so long-lived, and it's like gentle and supple and has this beautiful texture to it. Like It hangs on 
but not in that way. You know, like Booker's does where you're like 17 minutes later, you're like, yep, it's still here. But like still there's a it. tear running down your cheek because it's it's so hot and bold. And, and the just tear like, on oh. your cheek has a small tear on its cheek. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, this is totally different. Like this is, I, I dare say it, and people are going to go, you know, ape shit over it. But like this is the smoothest finish that a barrel proof rye um, I can think of his head lately, like it just continues and it's it's such a gentle fade out. And, you know, I still taste it and it makes me want more to the point where I'm like, no, no, we, this is a limited supply. I gotta, I gotta guard this resource, but it's so drinkable. It's bold and punchy at first. And then it's got just a beautiful transition and then I'm ready to drink more of it, which I think is, is a perfect ride. Cause some people are like, no, you know, I had that pour of rye and that was punchy enough for me, but this is this is just kind of a nice symphony. I love it. That's a good way to put this. And I wasn't thinking of it as I was sipping through. I usually try to take like numbers and details and stats out of my head, like in just in general, because I fucking hate numbers because they're stupid. But as I was sipping this, I wasn't really paying attention to the 115.4 proof on here. And now that you've mentioned how drinkable it is and how not, I don't want to say like, uh, light it is because that's definitely not the right term but like how underproof this sips you're totally right this is extremely like i kind of want to call it like get up and go whiskey like this is the <laughs> if you've ever played in a golf tournament like and i'm not talking like a serious golf tournament i'm talking like if you've ever played in like a golf scramble for like a fairly local fundraiser right or like that one corporate event Exactly. It, this right here is like when you hit that fourth hole, like everybody's hit their tee shot and you get into the golf cart on the fourth hole and you start driving down the fairway and everybody's just finally hitting that like, oh, okay, this is going to be a pretty good day. Right. This is this, it. This, this is that ride life. all day. Like that, that vibe right there is bottled in this ride. This is the like fourth fairway vibes. Okay. I like it. I was going to say, in my mind, this is Life is Good, Rye. Like those t-shirts that everyone wore 10 years ago. Oh, they had yeah. a little like stick figure. But my stick figure has a little pride of Anderson County. It just says, Life is Good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, th that actually makes more sense than what I said. And it uses a lot less words. Better on a poster. Yeah, I, I like yours because I. it is funny how those golf tournaments work, right? Like everyone is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to try hard. I got to stretch it out. Like gotta pace ourselves like everyone's like we'll wait for the turn for a drink and then everyone warms up and nails like their third fourth fifth hole like their tee shots and people are like ah yeah life is good like we got this like it's not too warm like let's get some drinks going and then the rest of the day is just either pure chaos or just like a gaggle good i'll just about promise you i've never played in a golf tournament and thought to myself i need to hold on until the turn until i get a drink <laughs> if i'm not if i'm not on that fourth drink by the fourth hole then i feel like what the hell is going on here, guys? Are we playing golf or what? This is kind of role reversal, too, because up here in Wisconsin, like the turn is when you turn into the golf course, like parking lot. Like I have been handed an old fashioned while like putting on my shoes before. And that's not particularly good for performance, I might add. Okay. No, I feel like that all checks out. I was waiting for it to get weird. And then I was just like, oh, wait, maybe like people that aren't from like Maine or Wisconsin think that is weird. I don't, I just don't know. Or maybe like people who are like really good at golf are like, oh, geez, you guys should probably wait till like the 19th hole before you get into the liquor, which in that case, you'd be right. Like that would make way more sense. Right. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm not here about for the pride of Anderson County, not for my fucking pride of my golf game. 
Right. I'm here for Life is Good Rye and Toucan Sam and everything that's in Pride of Anderson County. And like, I would, uh, you know, I, we're infamous for kind of doing this. I'm already thinking this is probably going to be stupid expensive. We know it's going to be limited. Um, I'm kind of thinking like, gosh, this rye would be great in a Manhattan. Like, mm. I need to get more of it before I try that. But, I, you know, I'm thinking like, it's just complex. It's got so much going on and the bourbon is big and bold and oaky, but just so beautiful. And like, man. It's it's hard to like stop thinking about the whiskey, and that's a weird spot for me because usually I'm like, oh yeah, tasted it, okay, next, you know, and then we move on. But really, really good stuff here. Yeah, I think I am just off the initial impression, more taken aback by the bourbon. But I feel like that's because I I might have mentally set the bar a little bit lower. And like, what I really like about being able to share our thoughts here on the podcast is that we do a lot more opinion and a lot more like banter and bullshit, but uh, like a lot more just like, this is how it strikes me, or this is what I think of it than I do. Like when I go into an rev- like official review, I will sort of like mentally clean the slate and I will either sit down with like a fresh notepad or however I'm going to, you know, transcribe my thought into word. And I will take that as kind of like my first impressions and then work through it over the course of time and here we kind of get to like just do it a little bit more off the cuff a little bit more wild and crazy and i allow some of that expectation to seep in here because like this is the first time we're going to try this it should just be a little bit more fun a little bit less clinical and in that respect i feel like the bourbon kind of stands out right i'm with you there i uh to me, the rye is so special on paper, but the bourbon, I just keep coming back to because it's just, it, it's everything I've ever wanted Russell's to be in better. And it's everything I've wanted every master's keep to be in better. And it is kind of fun because you and I, usually we, we're like, okay, we're going to drink that thing. And then that's it. Like, that's the planning. Like there right. is, there is an empty spreadsheet where we're supposed to be planning these episodes. We just don't fucking use. And And to me, that's kind of fun because we get to talk about like, this is what I, this is just what I think it's going to be. Like I open this package, put it on the shelf. Okay. Pulled it off. Here's what I think. First taste, first review, you know, first kind of impressions and see what it's like. And I'm, I'm blown away here. And and then it's fun to reset and be like, okay, so, you know, I had this, this, this experience with the whiskey. Now let's review it critically and see if, if it, if it holds, does it get better? Does it get worse? It's always interesting, but it it's fun to banter our way through it because this, I mean, this for, more or less is, is history. This is history for the brand. This is history is. for Rare Bird. This is history for us on the podcast. And honestly, if the history is just darn good whiskey, I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, what else could we ask for in not just like a whiskey brand, but like in such a heritage brand like Wild Turkey too. And coming from the approach of David Jennings, who is like the extreme wild turkey super fan like you don't know a motherfucker who likes turkey like (laughs) this guy likes turkey and it it goes so much deeper than just the liquid too with him and that's like the ability to see the forest is crazy with him like how deep he goes in i mean like i'm not even exaggerating when i say he wrote the book on wild turkey like he wrote wrote two of them right right Right. the book and then the other book yeah like the depth that he goes to to not only make these things special in terms of what the whiskey is, but to make it special in terms of the brand in the history and tie those things together. 
is I think going to make this not just so where I complained about the Russell's Reserve single rickhouse being a collector's item and not necessarily an enthusiast item. This is the other side of that coin, in my opinion. This is the enthusiast whiskey that could be, if you chose it to be, a collector's item, which it's going to be goddamn sad when I kill the bottles of these because whichever ones of these I find available, I am most likely going to buy. Right. And to me, that's a great point. Like single rickhouse was the collector's whiskey, but this whiskey is made for people who just straight up want to drink it. And if you are holding this on a shelf and do not open it, like I'm coming for you and I'm not coming to beat you up, but I'm going to wait till you turn off your lights and I'm going to take it. I'm going to drink it all. (laughs) Well, you can beat them up. That'll be the distraction, but I'm going to take the whiskey (laughs) and just straight drink it because this is cool stuff. And this is, this to me is, is a representation of David's passion for wild turkey. And it's fun that they're letting him stretch his legs and, and do this kind of thing. And honestly, I don't see any way that this is not a home run, both for him and for the brand. And finally, we're getting to see some genuine storytelling from a genuine storyteller that benefits both the community and Wild Turkey. And that, to me, makes this, if that's not a perfect story about whiskey, I just don't know what is. That's exactly right, man. I think that's a perfect place to like start wrapping this up and kind of bring it in because there's really not a whole lot more I could say about the whiskey other than this will score very high for me. I really like both of these expressions a lot. I don't even know if I want to take the time to rate these because they're going to be so limited that it may not be something that has like a ton of value in a review way. But at the same time, like it makes me have a lot of thoughts. And I want to put those to paper or to whatever you would call the internet equivalent of paper. And <laughs> I feel like that will have a little bit of value, but holy shit, is this stuff nice? I'm super excited that our good buddy from rarebird101.com is finally getting this stuff out to the world. We have, you know, luckily been privileged to talk to him quite a bit about this as it's been coming out. And like, I know right. he's excited to have us taste it. We are excited to get to talk about it. And I feel like if you're a turkey fan, Hold on to your butts. Right. If you're a turkey fan, this is it. This is what you have been asking for, whether you've been drinking wild turkey for 20 years or two years, or you're just nerdy and like good whiskey. This is this is what you're going to want. And it, it's going to cost you, and it's going to be hard to find. And this will roll out to his patrons over at patreon.com, you know, slash, you know, rarebird101, I think it is, yep. is his handle there. So if you're a patron there already, cool, you get first crack. I don't know that any of this is going to go public, so... You know, kind of reviews are interesting because I don't know that we're going to help a lot of people, but I am really looking forward to putting my thoughts on paper. So I guarantee that John and I both have follow-ups. This is not the end you've heard of Pride, uh, Pride of Anderson County. It's the first you've heard, which is super exciting for us. But all in all, you know, thanks to David. He's put in the work. He has busted his butt and he has dealt with Campari and their mischief at every step of the way. So if you get an opportunity to buy it, buy it, drink it, love it. If you miss out on the opportunity, cut them some slack, but you know, hopefully you get a sample and honestly look for our coverage. So if you're looking for more from John, you can find him over at thebourbonfinder.com. He's on Instagram as well. I know that he will have tons posted about this. If you're looking for more from me, I'm take as always at uh, whiskeyraiders.com. Uh, we're growing faster than ever. We have lots of cool stuff wrapping every day. And honestly, come back, check out the next episode of the Whiskey Raiders podcast. It's been good to have you with us. We do stuff like this all the time. If this is your first episode, we love it. If you checked out some of the past work or future episodes, 
And honestly, I mean, this is it. Life is good. Toucan Sam, pride of Anderson County. I can't wait for more. So cheers, guys. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>